0: Yeah, so this morning was awesome. And I am really pumped about what God wants to do today and has already started doing. You know, it's so crazy how all of that ministry time, everything in worship, the songs, everything lined up with exactly what God has been speaking to me about and wanted me to talk about today. I feel like even in the sermons lately, um, you know, Trent last last week at Encounter, John's Word um, the other the other week, I didn't hear last last week's one, but I'm sure it was all the same. I feel like God is bringing us back as a church and as individuals to this, to the basics, pretty much, of our relationship with Him. I feel like life and the world can sometimes pile all of this stuff on top of our relationship with Jesus, and what's supposed to be a really simple, amazing, loving, passionate relationship can get really unnecessarily complicated. Is that just me, or does anyone else find that in their lives? Yes. Um, and so intimacy. That's what I want to talk about. And I know this is a bit of a word that we use a lot at church, and I think it can, um, it's not cliche, but we can lose the power of it. And anyone in my kinship or my life pretty much knows in the last few years, God has just been bringing me back to this place of saying, no, I just want you to be close to me. That's all I want. I just want your closeness. And um, that's something I'm going to be talking about this morning. You know, since I got saved, I've never once stopped believing in God. I can honestly say that. I have, you know, we have been through a lot of stuff. I've been through a lot of stuff since that day I gave my heart back to Jesus and I've never stopped loving Him. I've never come to this place where I've considered walking away. And if you have, there's no shame in that. But um, what has changed in my relationship with God has been the intensity of my relationship with Him. And I know that sometimes we experience seasons where He seems distant And sometimes it's not anything that we're doing. Sometimes it's because we're learning to walk by faith and not by sight. And I know that. Um, I've had times where I'm like, I can't hear you. I don't know what you're doing, but I trust you. And that's actually been really important in my walk with God. But that's not what I'm talking about this morning. This morning, I'm talking about those seasons that you go through where you feel dry and you feel dissatisfied. And it's like a horrible, yucky, like what the heck is happening god i don't know where you are that's what i feel like god wants me to talk about this morning and i think the enemy often tries to get us to focus on these surface problems and tell us that that's what's causing the feeling and you know it's that relationship it's that person it's that problem at work or Um, feeling stressed and overwhelmed, and he tries to distract us with circumstances. But what I feel God's saying today is it's actually a foundational issue. And there's three foundational things in our lives that God has told me today that he wants to take back from the enemy and restore in people's lives this morning. You know, we might try and fight these situations with our best weaponry. You know, maybe we're trying to pray harder. Like, have you ever come to church on a Sunday and just had the worst week and been like, The hand's going to be so high this morning. Like, that's going to do it. That's going to bring breakthrough. I'm just going to pray really passionately and maybe then everything will get better. And I do think they're incredible weapons, but I actually think the most powerful weapon that we could ever possess is closeness with God. That's the most powerful thing that brings breakthrough. And I think this morning God wants to talk to us about cutting the, just cutting all of the extra stuff and just saying, God, I want you again. I want you again. You know that moment you got saved? That was actually not supposed to be the best moment of your life. That was supposed to be the start of an incredibly intense and passionate journey with God. And so often life comes and it gets hard and we lose our way, we lose that passion. And I believe God is calling us and each one of you, and as a church in this nation, I think, back to our knees, back to a place of just... One on one intimacy with God to get rid of all the distractions. And I know there's distractions. I know there's all kinds of things in our Western culture that they probably don't deal with so much elsewhere in the world. And it's distraction, it's, you know, temptation. There's all these things that come in and first world problems that tend to just take our focus. And it can start to feel overwhelming. I don't watch the news because I watch the news and I feel hopeless. I just feel hopeless. I'm like, God, what is happening? But. I keep coming back to this verse in Isaiah 59 verses 19, where it says, So they shall fear the name of the Lord from the west, and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall rise up as standard against him. And this is what God has been speaking to me about lately. He's not surprised by what's going on in our world. He's not scared. He has a plan. And I believe a huge part of his plan to rise up a standard against the enemy is to bring us to our knees. You know, I feel like we have to stop expecting breakthrough in ministry time that can only be gained in intimacy. Does that make sense? You know, I think sometimes we often, me, myself, have tried to pray the right prayers and God's saying, if you would just come to me every day, if you would just come to me more often, this whole situation can turn around because he wants us to get things out of relationship and not just a one-off revelation or somebody else's revelation. Um, So I'm gonna talk about these three areas that God has been speaking to me about where he wants to take back what the enemy's tried to steal and restore his plan for our lives. Um, And I'm gonna use the story of Gideon because I love the story of Gideon. Um, I had to refrain from like going too in-depth with it, because there's so much you can get out of it. But um, I'm going to read it in order, and I'm just going to list the three things that God did in Gideon's life that I think he wants to do in our lives. And I do think they're in order of God's priority, if that makes sense. So uh, the first one... Oh, that's the scripture I quoted before, but forgot to turn the thing... Yep. Yeah. <laughs> The first one is identity. Is that working? Thanks, Trent. (laughs) Okay. So Judges 6, this is from verse 11. The angel of the law came and sat down under the oak tree in Ophrah, I'm going to call it. If I just mumble, it's because I don't know how to pronounce things. Um, That belonged to where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. "Uh, Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all of this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? Why, but now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. Has anyone had a conversation like that with God before? Like, if you're so great, where are you? What is happening? Please explain. So he's kind of having a bit of a whinge and not believing what God is saying. Um, The Lord turned to him and said, "'Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you?' "'Pardon me, my Lord,' Gideon replied, "'but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family.'" The Lord answered, I will be with you and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. The first thing I think God wants to address when we encounter him in this place of intimacy is our identity. You know, this sounds like a lot like a conversation with God that I have all the time. You know, he's like, you can do this, this morning. I would not be up here this morning if He didn't say, go in the strength you have, because I don't really have, a lot. Of, I didn't get much sleep last night. I'm had a crazy week, but God said, I am with you, go in the strength that you have. And you know, this is the conversation I had with God the day I got saved. I was not hiding in a wine press. Um, I had been hiding in the valley the night before and there was wine involved, but (laughs) a lot of wine involved. But this is what happened to me. I looked shameful. I looked broken. I looked hopeless. And along came God and he found me in my shame and in my brokenness and he called me out and he called me something I did not resemble in that moment. He called me beautiful. He called me loved. He called me mighty. He said, you are a warrior. In the middle of my loneliness, he said, I see you and I am with you. In the middle of me feeling like nobody wanted me, you know, like I was, had all these unhealthy relationships, God said, I'm going to use you. And I was like, ah, no, Wrong person, but I believed him. I was so desperate and so broken and so open. I just, I just broke, and it was the best feeling in my life because I, when you really encounter God, when you come to this place of intimacy, you just believe Him because you feel it when He says it to you. Do you remember that day that you gave your heart to Jesus? Do you remember where you were, how you felt, how little you had to offer Him? Do you remember where you were at? <clears throat> Because not a lot has actually changed. Yes, you might have grown and gained skills, but we still can't do it without him. We still, I think we need to have this conversation with God every day. When situations come up in our lives that are trying to make us feel hopeless or overwhelmed or we're feeling hurt by people, we can try and deal with the people, we can try and deal with the problem in our face and God's saying, no, no, I want to come back to square one. I want to deal with your identity. Because when God tells you you are loved, it doesn't matter how somebody else makes you feel. When God comes to you and says, you are mighty, it doesn't matter how weak things look. And I think God wants to speak over to people this morning who are feeling broken, who are feeling weak. Maybe you're feeling insecure, you're feeling hurt by people. And I believe it started in worship time. But this, when we are all going to take a step this morning into that place of intimacy with God again and say, okay, I just need to know who you say that I am because God wants to speak strength over your weaknesses. God wants to speak courage over your fears. I believe God wants to meet with you this morning and say, I am with you and you are a mighty warrior. But we have to ask the question. We have to wake up in the morning and say, God, please remind me of who I am again because I don't feel capable of doing this today. And I feel that often, trust me. Having two kids and being pregnant, I'm like, God, what are you doing? (laughs) Like, why, what? But he he believes in me more than I believe in myself sometimes. And I think we need to come back to that place more often than we do. Lost my place. You know, I think often we wonder why we're not feeling this way. We wonder why we've lost sight of who God called us to be. But we're kind of looking for relief in the wrong places. You know, social media cannot actually make you feel that confident. Netflix cannot actually reinstate the fact you are a mighty warrior. And I know this because I've gone down that path. Um, Talking to everyone else about your problems will never give you as much courage as it will if you go home and talk to God. And I think we can fall into this trap of thinking a word from a man at a pulpit in front of a whole church is more powerful than a word from the creator of heaven and earth at home in our room. But these last few years, oh my goodness, I've been blown away by the moments I've had when I finally Fall to my knees alone at home, and then the creator of the world talks to me. Like the enemy tries to make us forget how incredible that is, but we have that available to us every single day. Every day, that problem you're facing, you're one word from God away from rising up like a mighty warrior and saying, I can do this. But we don't do it. We just, I literally imagine Jesus sitting on the end of our bed every morning, like, hey, 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 and we're like, oh, I've got to have a shower, I've got to do this, blah, blah, blah. And God's like, oh, hey, hello, hi, right here, I want to talk to you, I want to tell you how great you are, and we don't see him, and we don't hear him. And I believe God's wanting to change that today. He's calling us back into this place of true intimacy with him again. Um, So the next part I want to talk about, um, I'm going to summarise parts of the story because it gets a bit lengthy, Uh, just to save a bit of time, because we all know I can talk, and we don't want to go for too long. Um, But the next part, Gideon replies, he stops arguing with God about whether or not he's called, and he said, Okay, if now I've found favour in your eyes, give me a sign that it is really you talking to me. Please do not go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. And then the Lord said, I will wait until you return. Um, So long story short, he goes and gets a goat and some bread and creates an offering, brings it out um, before the angel of the Lord, puts it on a rock. The angel touches it, lights on fire. Gideon's like, oh my gosh, this is actually God. I've seen the face of the Lord. The angel's like, chill out, mate. It's okay. You're going to be fine. He says, peace. Do not be, I probably shouldn't misquote like an angel, but he's like, Peace, do not be afraid, you're not going to die. And it says, So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it the Lord is peace. And to this day, it stands in that same spot I can't pronounce. Um, when we encounter God on a regular basis, we naturally want to offer him what we have. You know, before Gideon was called out by this angel, he was in a wine press hiding, shamefully afraid. And next thing you know, he is offering what he has and placing it before God and saying, take it, do what you can with it. That's what happens when we choose to offer things to God. When we choose to encounter God every single day, we naturally have this desire to give him what we have. And I think we can be in church life for so long. I've fallen into the trap of trying to still do the things, but without the natural desire because I'm not I'm not daily connecting with God. I'm not constantly coming back to this place where God says, "I love you. I am with you. You are beautiful. Let's do this." That's where it's supposed to come from, even when we before we pray for the sick, before we come and serve at church, before we do all of the right things, God is wanting that to come from a genuine love with Him. He's wanting that to come from this genuine desire and this closeness with Him. And the enemy tries to come and make things feel like obligation. But as we as a church step back into this place of intimacy with God, I believe all of this stuff is going to naturally flow out of us and it will have more power and more impact because it's coming from relationship. Um, You know, this kind of happened in my life. I've told this story in some smaller settings. But there were a few years ago where I was like, God, where is that passion gone in my relationship with you? I felt dry and discontent. And I was like, why, why don't I feel that anymore, that deep passion? And, you know, I wasn't taking drugs anymore. I wasn't doing all the wrong stuff anymore. So I was like, where's it gone? But if we don't, we can give up things when we get saved and just replace them with other things, to be honest. And I was trying to offer everything to God that I had. But there were areas in my life where he was saying, actually, I want that. And confession time, he said to me, I I don't want you to keep watching all of this reality television. <laughs> like it sounds crazy, but this is, I was at home with a baby all day. I was a bit lonely and isolated. And that's what I used to do. All my friends watched it. If there was a real housewife on it, I was watching it. That's the truth. And God said to me, if you want to be close to me, show me, offer me what you have, give me that thing that you're holding so close and finding all your comfort in, give me that and just watch what I do and I'm telling you, I did not do it for like a couple of months but eventually my hunger got so much bigger for God that I was like, okay, okay, fine and I gave it up and it was hard for the first couple of weeks but after a while, God sent his fire in my life because I gave him that offering, and that passion started to return, that feeling I had when I got saved started to return, and he brought his peace, just like he did with Gideon. The next part of the story goes on to say. Um, that same night, the Lord said to him, Take the second bull from your father's herd, the one seven years old, tear down your father's altar to Baal, and cut down the Asherah pole beside it. Then build a proper kind of altar to the Lord your God on top of this height, using the wood of the Asherah pole that you cut down. Offer the second bull as a burnt offering. So Gideon took ten of his servants and did as the Lord told him. But because he was afraid, he did it at nighttime, because um, he was afraid of his family and townspeople. He did it at night rather than in the daytime. In uh, in the morning when the people of the town got up, there was Baal's altar demolished with the Asherah pole beside it cut down and the second bull sacrifice on the newly built altar. Intimacy with God, an encounter with God, gives us the courage to break down the idols in our life. And, um, you know... This is a bit more than just an offering. What I felt God talking to me about was more than just an offering. Some of us in this place have idols that we have worshiped in our life for a really long time and we've tried to overcome them on our own and in our own strength. And we haven't done it from this place of closeness with God. We've tried really hard. We've prayed all the prayers and said, God, take this away. I don't want to do this anymore. And God's saying, can you just stop focusing on that and focus on me? And as God draws us in, it changes us. That's what changes us. You know, when I got saved, like I said, I was broken, addicted. I was a mess. And I thought God would have said to me, okay, Sarah, time to stop smoking, stop drinking. He didn't actually do that, which like blew my mind. He... Sorry, integrity. Um, He didn't actually do that. He came to me and said, I love you. He kept confirming my identity, which I didn't understand. For six months after I got saved, I would go out and party every weekend, and then I would wake up on a Sunday morning and be like, I have to go to church. I don't know why. I'd had two hours sleep and I was like, I just have to go. And I would walk in there and feel this presence of God. I would hear again what my identity was and it impacted my integrity. And over the process of about six months, you know, God was not too proud to compete for my addiction. Is that not crazy? Is that not incredible that the creator of the universe is not too proud to fight for you? to fight for your addiction. And he proved himself to me. And I'll never forget the last time I partied (laughs) really hard. It was because I showed up at church the next day. and lifted my hands and I felt this like intense love. I felt a high better than I'd ever gotten from anything else before in my life. And that is what's supposed to bring the idols down in our life. That's what's supposed to motivate us to get rid of these things in our lives. And as I was preparing this message for today. I actually felt God tell me there's people here and you have struggled with an addiction or a habit that you've been trying to break for so long and you've tried in your best efforts to to get on top of it and to break it. And God is saying the answer is not to try harder, it's to come closer. Stop allowing the enemy to keep making you focus on your behaviour and focus on me. And as you just draw near to him every single day, you're going to become more like him You're going to feel his love and his presence and he is going to confirm your identity. He's going to say, you don't have to do this. I love you. You are mighty. I have called you. I am with you. And when God is with you, you tend to not want to do the things that you used to do because God is with you and you naturally feel like, okay, I can do this. It was hard for me. I had to stop going clubbing. I had to say no. I remember spending nights in my bed curled up in a ball, crying because I was so lonely because I hadn't made new friends at church yet. But man was God with me in those moments. Man, did he lie there with me and say, I'm so proud of you. Oh, I'm not going to (laughs) cry. He stayed with me in those moments and he said, I'm proud of you. I love you. We can do this. You are not supposed to be alone in these battles. You're not supposed to feel alone when you're trying to overcome these habits or these addictions. You need to have the ultimate presence of God. And I believe that's going to start this morning and carry on over these next few months. God told me someone here is going to be set free from something that has held you for years. And it's because today you're going to respond and say, God, I want intimacy with you. And out of that is going to come freedom. I should probably look at my notes now and then. (laughs) You know, I feel, church, like it's time for us to just spend more time with God and not from a place of works But desire, like this, what happened this morning was an imperfect example when Neil said, if you want more of Jesus, come out the front. That is a daily thing in our lives. That is an amazing example of the situation we're in every single day where we have an opportunity where God is saying, if you want more of me, come here. And we often ignore it. But when people came, when I came out here, I was like, oh, isn't that great? And then God was like, well, (laughs) what are you talking about today? I was like, yeah, that's a good point. And I came out here and the presence of God just like flooded me. And I was like, this is what it's about. It's about us taking that step, you know, us taking that step towards him and saying, God, do what you want in my life. And then he will meet you there, but we have to take that step. Um, the next part of our lives... so. Well, yeah, spoiler alert, Gideon gets away with tearing down the altar. I imagine you'd probably get killed for stuff like that back in the day. But um, just a secret, if you choose integrity and obedience, God will always have your back, and he does. And that's what he did with Gideon. So after he tore down the altar, the Bible says he was suddenly filled with the Spirit. What do you know? It's like once we get rid of these idols in our lives, we create room for the Spirit to come and fill us up. Um... And when I was thinking about this last night, I felt God say to me, so many of us, including myself, have tried to skip the first two just to get to inspiration, just to win the battle. And we're trying to have victory and have this amazing miracle in our lives. And God's saying, hang on a second, come back here. I want to help you with your identity. And once I've helped you with your identity, we're going to deal with some issues of integrity. And once we've dealt with that integrity, then we can be inspired. Then I can use you and make your dreams come true and fulfill the call of God on your life. I tried to skip this years ago, and it doesn't work. You just try to do things on your own, and it doesn't work. You know, once his intimacy, once we have intimacy and it forms our identity... He then addresses our integrity and we become filled with inspiration. So the rest of the story is kind of long. Um, Gideon still has doubts and fears. So if you know the story, he's like, yes, I've seen great things. I know God's good, but I'm still a little bit unsure. And he puts the fleece out um, and long story, he's like, if the ground is dry and the fleece is wet, I'll know it's you. So God does it because he's not too proud to, to prove his promises. And Gideon's like, Amazing. Okay, just please don't be mad, but I'll do it again. And if the fleece is dry and the ground is wet, then I'll really know that it's you. So he's really struggling with doubt and God doesn't leave him. He just has learned by now, it's okay to have doubt. You just got to keep coming back to intimacy with God. And he just kept coming back to that relationship. Um, so anyway, God proves himself and says, yes, it's fine. And then he gets this, he's filled with the spirit at this point. But also he had doubts, so it's okay to have... You can you can be filled with both just as long as you're with God in the process. And then he finally gets this army of 32,000 men together. So you, I imagine at this point he'd be like, okay, 32,000 men feeling kind of supported, everything's going to be great. And then God's like, hang on, hang on a second, that's way too many. If we win this battle with 32,000 men, the Israelites will think they're amazing and not me. And God's just not into that. And it's the Israelites, like they were bit slow on the uptake. So so God says, I want you to reduce it. And over a process, he reduces it to only 300 men. Um, Sometimes when God inspires us, it can lead us into situations that don't exactly look like victory. And this was really great, what John talked about the other week, about um, when we say yes to God and then things start to look a little bit pear-shaped or our life starts to go a bit askew or we start to feel a bit like... Uh, This is not what I signed up for. This is the time to keep saying yes. This is the time to push through because John, John, John was close to victory, probably. Gideon was right on the edge of victory and nothing looked like it should have. And I loved what John spoke about and just said, we have to just keep stepping out and saying, Yes, God. So Gideon was like, Okay, okay, we'll cut it down to 300. That's fine and his situation probably seemed hopeless and a little bit chaotic or maybe irresponsible and we can find ourselves in these positions maybe our resources are low maybe we've obeyed God done what he told us to do and now we have no money like it doesn't add up but that is just God setting you up to have victory in your life and take the glory for it I promise you God has reminded me of this story so many times when I'm like um, I don't have the ability to do this. He's like, that's fine. I'm going to look awesome when this all works out. Don't you worry. I'm like, okay, like this morning, that's what this morning is about for me. Cause I was like, I can't actually do this. God's like, good. You don't have to let me do everything. So I was like, okay. Um, so Gideon felt afraid and he was scared. And so God said to him, if you're afraid to attack, cause he went back to that place of intimacy again and said, I'm scared. God said, if you're afraid to attack, go down to the camp with your servant and listen to what they are saying. Afterward, you will be encouraged to attack the camp. So Gideon goes to the enemy's camp, and here's one of the Midianites talking about a dream that he had. Um, pretty much, it was a dream where the Midianites got wiped out. And then his friend in the tent, also a Midianite, says, "This can be nothing other than the sword of Gideon, son of Joash, the Israelite. God has given the Midianites, as in these two guys, and the whole camp into his hands." When Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation, he bowed down and worshipped. He returned to the camp of Israel and called out, get up, the Lord has given the Midianite camp into your hands. When we're walking in intimacy with God, he can even use the voice of the enemy to bring us courage. And I love that part of this story. He actually used the enemy to prophesy victory in his life. And sometimes the enemies in your head trying to tell you things about yourself that are not true, just take it and say, right, obviously God thinks the opposite of me. You know, don't be afraid to to argue with him and go, oh, is that what you're trying to tell me? You're trying to tell me I'm weak? Clearly God thinks I'm strong. Like, allow him, don't allow the enemy to just be this fearful thing in your life. Whatever he says to you, God is doing the opposite in your life, I promise you, because the enemy is a liar and God is a God of truth. So whatever he says... Is wrong, and God wants to say the opposite over your life. This revelation brought Gideon back to a place of worship. Even our fear and our doubt can actually be a doorway to lead us into deeper intimacy with God. It's actually okay to be scared sometimes. It's okay to be afraid. It's okay to um, be doing what God called you to do, and be like, not. I was going to say a crappy. Music just not feel confident. It's okay. But what's important is that we sit with God in these feelings. It's possible to feel fear and doubt and sit in God's presence and allow him to give us the key to find confidence again. It doesn't mean the lack of fear. God, intimacy with God does not mean you won't experience bad feelings. It means you'll experience his presence. And in his presence comes fullness of joy that makes no sense in crazy circumstances. Our closeness with God will always lead us to intimacy, will always lead us to victory. And the funny thing is, I'll just wrap up the story. Gideon then goes into battle and um, he doesn't even have to fight. In the end, they blow some trumpets and smash some jars and then the Midianites freak out and the Bible says they all ran crying out as they fled and then they turned on each other and killed each other which just doesn't make any sense. And they didn't lift a sword. They didn't even have to exert any energy. And this is what victory looks like when we do it from a place of intimacy with God. When we actually allow God to be part of our circumstances every day, victory actually ends up looking like, what? Like that was too easy, God. Often the process leading up to it is the hardest part. And then God's like, just watch, this is my grand finale. And then he just turns the enemy on himself and you actually get to experience victory, and I love that because God gets all of the glory. I feel like there's people here today who, you've been obeying God, you've been doing what he called you to do, and you found yourself in circumstances where you're like, "Uh, I'm not really feeling super inspired, God, I'm actually feeling really discouraged. Don't lose hope, don't lose hope. The answer is not into fixing the situations, trying to take control of your circumstances. The answer is this, Coming and meeting with God again and saying, take me back to that place, God, where I first gave my heart to you. Take me back to that place where you told me who I am, where you told me I could do this and that you are with me. If you're lonely, God wants to tell you this morning, I am with you. I don't even know how long I... (laughs) Is it all right? Um, I just want to go into ministry time now because I just... I really feel like there are people here who have been experiencing hardships in all of these areas Maybe, um, maybe you feel like your identity has been under attack and you've been struggling with insecurity and hurt and feeling misunderstood and lonely. And you need God to just come and say to you, this is who I see you as. This is who I see that you are. Maybe you need God to call you mighty this morning because you feel really weak. Maybe you're feeling lonely and you just want the creator of the world to just say to you, I am with you. And it's, it's I believe this morning in ministry time it's not just going to be a prayer that happens I believe the spirit of God is going to come as we worship and you're going to feel you're going to feel who you are again for the first time in a really long time because if you've if you've lost sight of that it's just cuz life and distractions and priorities have come and tried to shake your foundation I feel like others here might be struggling with issues of integrity. And I know what ministry time's like. When there's an issue like this on the board, you're like, I don't want everyone to think I'm going out for that when it's actually just identity. (laughs) Like, whoa, hands up if you've had a problem with integrity in your life. Anyone? Good. So pretty much everybody here, we've all been in this place where we've needed God to come and take away something that was not healthy for us. There's no judgment here. There's no shame here. If there's ever a place to bring that stuff to God, it's right here, right now. And you're surrounded by an army of people that's like, yes, good job. That's awesome. If you have an issue of integrity in your life, if when I was talking about trying to overcome something for a really long time that you've not been able to get on top of, today is your day. God appointed this day for you. And I believe, you know, ministry time today is going to be great, but what happens after today is going to be greater. And... I think today is just responding and saying, yes, God, I choose you. And you're about to start a journey of choosing God more every day and finding freedom in your life in areas where you haven't before. So if you know there's things you need to offer him, or you've been offering him your life out of obligation and not honour, today's the day to come and bring that to God up the front and say, I don't want to do that anymore. It's time to get real with God. It's time to get real with him again. And I have this conversation with him regularly where I think I'm you know, I slowly slip into trying to do things in in my own strength and God's like, honey, come back, come back here. Do it, do it out of relationship. Don't do it out of religion. It's never going to work. Maybe you're just running out of steam. Maybe you're here today and you're exhausted. You've been obeying God for a really long time and you're kind of like, really? Is this what victory looks like or... You've stopped saying yes because you're feeling discouraged or overwhelmed. I believe God wants to reignite that fire in you again today, just like he was doing out the front this morning in worship. I think God wants to just bring his presence and his spirit and say, I am with you. He'll start with your identity. He'll, he'll, He'll highlight your integrity, and then he'll fill you with inspiration again. So if that's what you want, I just want you to come out the front. If you want prayer for any of that stuff. Um, Neil, if you maybe want to... Can we play that song again? Um, My heart want for nothing but you. I feel like there was Holy Spirit all over that. Um, it was powerful. But if you want prayer for any of this stuff, if you're struggling with your identity, with, if you've had issues of integrity, don't be afraid to come out and say, please pray for me. And I'm just going to pray. Because I know this is the time when the enemy tries to, um, oh, there's my screen, so where the enemy tries to bring intimidation, he try you know, your heart might be racing and he tries to make you feel like, oh, just, he just tries to stop you. But I believe, can everyone stand up? Is that okay? Thanks. If you want prayer this morning, I don't want you to miss this moment. I'm just going to pray. Holy Spirit, would you just come right now? Just like that word Trish gave before, would you just come and say, I love you to people who need to hear it this morning? Would you just lovingly draw people out to step into this place of intimacy with you? I just declare right now, God, your will over this church and over the lives of these people that a whole new season is about to begin. A new chapter is about to break forth in our church of people realising that without you, nothing else matters. Holy Spirit, would you just come right now and bring your healing power, your incredible loving presence. Bring your peace, God to situations that feel out of control. Restore people's identity this morning, God. Break the chains of issues in people's lives lives of integrity, God. Would you just break them off this morning, Father? And bring your presence with inspiration, Lord God. Anyone else here who regularly goes to this church, you know that we just come pray for people. That's part of loving people. So in the ministry time today, I'd really like you to... um, Obviously, prayer is amazing. But I also love you to ask God before you come and pray for somebody for a word, for the voice of God. I want people to hear the voice of God, for us to connect people back to Him this morning. So as you're praying for people, can you just... Ask God for that word that is going to bring breakthrough and power in people's lives. Thanks.